name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In our passages today, we have um, good lessons about uh, the reality of the kingdom of God and, and the ways in which the kingdom of God differs from that, that old kingdom under the law. And Paul has been dealing with this for, for some time um, as we've been reading through Romans, which I'm not always sure if it's helpful to read a paragraph or two of Romans and then stop. But we'll try to do our best as we, as we make our way through it. Um, and in the gospel as well, which sort of picks up at the end of a, of a passage that begins with John the Baptist being in prison. Right? So when we look at Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist is in prison. He has uh, said some, some maybe politically unwise things about the king's new marriage to his brother's wife and his, uh, the queen wasn't really in favor of those comments. So John the Baptist finds himself imprisoned and uh, sends, sends word to, to his disciples to say uh, to Jesus, are you the one or not the one? Because remember John the Baptist from earlier on, um, he's out into the desert teaching about the law, teaching about repentance, teaching about holiness, teaching about righteousness. He's, he's fasting, he wears camels, hair, garments, eats locusts, all these things as a true ascetic, um, and is really calling Israel to recapture their, their love of God through, through truly being righteous and holy under the law, right, pretty much. He baptizes people, calls for a new commitment to live as the true and holy Israel. And now Jesus, he's hearing, isn't necessarily doing the same thing. He's the Messiah, but he keeps going and having dinners with sinners and tax collectors and other people of the light. And so John's sitting in prison wondering, wait a second. I mean, I know I baptized you, and I know I heard the voice of God, and I know all these things, but really, are you the one, or should we be waiting for somebody else? And Jesus says, go back and tell John this. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Which is basically from Isaiah, and, and uh, a passage of what will happen when the Messiah comes. And then Jesus says, nobody who's born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. But I tell you, even the least of those in the kingdom of God will be greater than him. Which basically means there's a, there's a shift, right? There's going to be a new thing under the old law, under the old way. Nobody is greater than John the Baptist. But even the worst of us who's in the kingdom of God and 
the new way um, will be greater than him, at least in, in, this, in this way, which, which then, then Jesus says this and immediately launches into what we heard today. But to what shall I compare this generation, which is, what shall I compare all of you? You all are like stubborn children. You hear a happy song, you don't want to dance. You hear a sad song, you don't want to mourn. You get chicken nuggets, you don't have ranch. You get the hamburger, you don't have ketchup. Nothing makes you happy, right? You're just always complaining about everything. John the Baptist came not eating and drinking. He said he had a demon. The Son of Man, I come you know, drinking and celebrating and having a festival and eating with us, you say, you know, he's not righteous enough. Nothing makes you happy. I tell you, we skip this part for whatever reason, because we don't like, we feel bad when Jesus says anything bad. But he goes, basically he says, all you cities, you know, Bethsaida, Capernaum, if Sodom and Gomorrah would have had the same things, done there, they would have repented. If Tyre and Sidon would have had these miracles, they would have repented. I tell you, it's better for, for Sodom, I tell you, it's better for Tyre and Sidon than it is for all of you, because you didn't repent, you didn't respond. Miracles are happening, and you still want the old way. You still want the old things. But I tell you, as the Pharisees keep telling you, over and over and over again, the law is the yoke that is put around us to be a light to the nations. We have the yoke of the law, the yoke, which is not a very powerful symbol. I mean, it's a powerful symbol, but not a very pastoral symbol, right? Yoke is, you know, a big wooden iron burden placed around an animal in order to to keep them in line so they can plow the fields. And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And uh, I'm wearing not the chasuble right away, today, but kept this, because this really, this stole is a symbol of the yoke that is easy and light, is not heavy iron or wood placed around, so I'm like, this is light and easy to represent that life in Christ is rest. It's not nothing. There's still duty that we have in following Jesus, but it's a freedom where not only is it not a burden of the law, but it's a shift of a person where Jesus fought, promises to be with us always to the end of the age. That oftentimes, too, the yoke is placed upon a pair of animals that work in tandem. And Jesus says, not only is my yoke easy, 
but I'll be there with you to the end of the age. And this is, this is sort of what Paul is talking about in Romans, which is very, very complicated if you you're trying to follow along, I do the things I don't want to do, and I do the things I want to do, and I can't do the things I have to do, and you're like, what are you saying? But it all sort of goes back to, to the, the question that Paul's answering, which is, if we have grace, we can do whatever we want and still be fine. If you're talking about we're not under the law, then I can do whatever I want. And why won't I? And Paul basically says, that's a dumb question. You know, ultimately. And he's sort of thinking out, he's sort of, this, this whole thing is, is him thinking out on his own, right? You're reading basically when your kids ask you some dumb question, Right, and you're trying to give them the answer, and you're trying to think it through on your own and explain it. You know, can God build a rock so big he can't move it? Like, oh my God, okay, like here we go. You know, these sort of these sort of things, and and ultimately, what what he's writing is this whole this whole new kingdom, this whole new life isn't about rules or duty or obligation or earning God's favor. It's about relationship. He says, under the law, I know the things I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know even the things that I want to do. You know, I don't want to do these things, and yet I find myself doing them anyway because of the sin that's within me. Even when I don't want to eat the whole bag of Doritos, I find myself eating the whole bag of Doritos, knowing that I shouldn't eat the whole bag of Doritos. I don't want to, you know, sit at home and just binge Netflix all day long, but I find myself doing that anyway because I can't stop. You know, it's whatever it is, whatever it is that we know that we're not supposed to do, whatever law that's in the Bible or the laws that sort of come out of this, we know, we know how we should behave, but even knowing our behavior doesn't do, make us behave better. All it does is make us know when we've misbehaved. For some reason, that I never know why, we always stop these readings just a little bit. It's because we're going to read it next week, but we're always cutting stuff off. Lord knows we read long enough about, about Rachel or Rebecca and Isaac's, whoa, that went on and on. Shapers. And they cut a lot out of it because basically it just repeats itself twice, you know. This is what happened, you know. So anyway, I'm glad I'm glad Isaac felt better. And he could didn't he didn't have to mourn his mother anymore because he had a wife, which was just great. Like, anyway. 
that's a free that's a freebie. You know, we're always cutting things out of the lectionary, but that part we kept right in there. And and uh, but basically, here's what here's what what Paul says after he says, "Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" Thanks be to God through the, through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And this is, this is the new reality because, because the spirit of God that now dwells in us is a, is a person. Right? The spirit of God brings us into a relationship with God. And so, therefore, it's not like keeping rules. It's like being in a relationship where we're not perfect in our relationships with our, with our spouse or our parents or our brothers and sisters or our children. We're not in perfect relationship even with our friends, but we're in, we do things in relationships because of our love for that person. We do things in relationships not because it's the rule, but because we like them, right? We want to be with them. We want to sit down at dinner with them. And this is what Jesus is demonstrating anyway when he sits and eats with tax collectors and sinners and everybody else. It's, I want to be with you. This is what covenant relationship with God is like. Not keeping rules. We keep rules because... You know, it's good not to kill each other. You know, I mean, that's a good thing. It's good not to steal from one another. And it's good not to lie to each other. And it's good not to do these things. And we have this sort of, this sort of construct like we do in any game, you know, football, soccer, bat, all these, all sports have rules that we sort of follow. But that's not, the point isn't to follow the rules. The point is to be in the game. Right. The point is to be in relationship with one another. We love one another, so we eat with one another, so we care for one another, so we build them up, so we don't lie, so we don't kill, so we don't tear down. And the same is true with God. And this whole new thing that Jesus says, John the Baptist was the best at keeping rules. We're talking about keeping rules. John the Baptist is up there. But if we're talking about life in the kingdom of God, anyone who recognizes that the Spirit of God is within them and is giving them new life and drawing us into a new relationship, that person is ahead of the game because this is what God really wants. This is what God wants desires, and this is the gift that God has given to us and opened to us, a new way of life and hope and faith, because none of us can keep the law. None of us can fulfill and earn God's favor through the law. All we do is know that we're not good enough. That's what the law shows us. We're not good enough. Luckily, we don't have to be. Because
because God wants to be in relationship with us in the same way that we want to be in relationship with the people that are important in our lives. We're vitally important to God's life. And that's the joy that Jesus comes to bring. And that's what Paul is saying today. This isn't about you get to do whatever you want. Why would you want to do those things? And frankly, the law doesn't help you. All it helps you do is nothing but the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God in you helps you love, helps you forgive, helps you serve, helps you care. The Spirit of God transforms you. And the Spirit of God draws you near not only to Jesus, but to each other. And this is the joy. Thanks be to God for the Spirit of God that lives within each of us. And this is what's being said today. Um, and this promise um, that we have and the hope that we have and the yoke that we have that is light and easy because we have a new relationship with the Spirit of God that draws us not by what we do, but by who we are. And who we are is beloved children in Christ.